everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. Yesterday, we looked into our brevity of time in this world. We said that a solid life is one spanning plus or minus 100 years. But you know, in today's times, and this is research as of 2021, the latest statistics show a man's lifespan at 73 and a half years, while a woman's life expectancy is 79.3 years. Now, I don't say that to be morbid or to scare anyone, I say it to bring a sense of urgency upon our lives. When people hear urgency, immediately their brain is flooded with hurried busyness. We must scatter, run about, do all things fast. But this is not what I'm saying here. The urgency is being stressed by what David had said in Psalm 39 verse 4. He said, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. You see, friends, our lives afford us two choices. We can serve self through our sin, or we can choose to serve God through his son, Jesus. Romans chapter 6 verse 23, Paul teaches us, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is saying, when we live a life filled with sin, no matter how big or small, by not accepting Jesus, our lives end in both physical and spiritual death. But the good news is, when we place our hope and we place our trust upon Jesus, we freely receive eternal life, beginning in that very moment. Our cost is absolutely zero because Jesus paid our share in full with his shed blood upon that cross at Golgotha. Now let that sink in. I really mean think about his sacrifice for a minute. Many people by their actions let him know they don't see what he did as a sacrifice for them personally. Yet, Scripture teaches us in Psalm chapter 139, verse 16, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You see, friends, nothing in our lives is a surprise to God. He's aware of all we'll ever encounter. We looked at David's life as an example. He had both failures and successes. God didn't attempt to hide these from us because at the end of the day, his relationship with God was overall goodness. He had a heart for God. We would consider David a wise leader too. He never let his failures keep him from the source of his wisdom, which was his reverence for God. But what about Jesus's wisdom on earth in his humanity? It's safe to argue he was a wise youth, a wise savior, and he alone held and operated by direct descent with the wisdom of God. He demonstrated this to us by living a perfect life and then dying upon the cross to save us. Through God's plan for eternal life, others in the Bible are known for being wise leaders. These people include Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Solomon, and Stephen. 
Through their exploits, we see preparation for a major famine, rulership in Egypt, learned Egyptian wisdom, but then realized the need to graduate to God's wisdom to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Learned by observing Moses and obeying God, led the people into the promised land. Another wise leader organized the distribution of food to the Grecian widows and preached the gospel to the Jews. Belzal was considered a wise artist. He designed and supervised construction of the tabernacle and its utensils in the wilderness. And the only woman to make our wise list is that of Abigail. She's considered a wise wife. She managed her household well in spite of having a mean, surly husband. And Daniel was considered a wise counselor. He was similar to David as he was known as a man in touch with God. He was a solver of complex problems with God's help. And the astrologers were considered wise learners who not only received special knowledge of God's visit to earth, but checked in and checked it out personally. And I'd be remiss if I didn't add Paul under wise messenger. He spent most of his life communicating God's love to all who would listen. And the book of Proverbs teaches us in chapter three, verses 13 through 18, happy is the person who finds wisdom and gains understanding. For the profit of profit of wisdom is better than silver and her wages are better than gold wisdom is more precious than rubies nothing you desire can compare with her she offers you life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left she will guide you down delightful paths all her ways are satisfying wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her Happy are those who hold her tightly. Proverbs contains strong statements pertaining to the benefits of wisdom, including long life, wealth, honor, and peace. Now, don't be alarmed if you think these may be eluding you. This isn't indicative that you're falling short on wisdom. These aren't guarantees, but instead they're general principles. If we loved in a perfect world, then wise and lived in a perfect world, excuse me, then wise behavior would always get us these things. Although even living in our fallen, troubled world, wise living generally gets us these benefits, but not always. At times, sin does intervene and blessings will be delayed or blocked until the second coming of Christ. When Jesus returns to establish his kingdom upon earth, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul tells us that is why we live by believing and not seeing. Yet we can be confident of spending eternity with Jesus even in the face of anxiety. We can remain confident that wisdom ultimately leads to the fulfillment of blessings. And as believers, we're not left to our own resources to cope with problems. There are times we won't even know what to pray for, nor have the right words to pray. This is when the Holy Spirit will step into our situations and pray for and with us. 
and God will answer. When we ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for us, we're in harmony with God's will. We can be assured that God will always do what is best. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul once again teaches us, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. For we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. There are times when we all face trials and tribulations. The trials are used by God to grow us, while tribulations are a blatant assault upon our character from the enemy and upon our lives. We're not to look at people as our foe, but we are to know the spirits behind the people that are in full-fledged operation. But listen to what God promises us in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. No one will dispute we live in a fallen world. However, God is still on the throne and ultimately in charge. He will and does, according to his word, work everything, not just some things, out for our good. Now, I'm not suggesting that all that happens to us is good. Evil is prevalent within the society that we live in. But God is able to turn every circumstance around for our long-range good. And why is this important for God to step into the mess and give us a message? He does this so that his will becomes accomplished. It's not about accomplishing our wants and our needs and our desires. No, again, it is all about the will of God. You see, he beat Satan at the cross upon Calvary. Death was Satan's ace in the hole, or so he thought. Jesus, after day three, arose was resurrected by God, and the clock began ticking for Satan's demise. Ladies and gentlemen, our enemy is living on borrowed time. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 puts it this way, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won your fight with these false prophets, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. You see, John gives us the assurance that God is stronger than evil in our world. This helps to edify and build up our faith, giving us confidence amongst the present day wickedness that we witness around us. We do not need to be overwhelmed by the problems that we face. Evil is stronger than we are, but God trumps all evil and his spirit and word live deep within our hearts. The promises of God are not for everyone. They only can be claimed by those who love God and are called by him. The very people these scripture verses are referring to who can lay claim to these promises are the ones called by God, the ones whom the Holy Spirit convinces to receive Jesus. These are the people who place their trust in God, no matter what is going on, the lure of earthly treasures will be dismissed in place of God. You see, we carry a new mindset. We literally operate with the mind of Christ. We place our trust in Jesus. 
Our security resides in heaven. Our faith in God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit doesn't fluctuate amid pain and suffering inflicted upon us by a rogue establishment. When we're persecuted for our faith, we're resilient because we know God is with us. In God's sight, no man or woman whom he created is inferior. So why should you or me care what flawed man thinks? The pain of our past rests squarely upon Jesus' shoulders. It was left with him at the cross. Knowing this, why do we attempt to drag it around? Instead, think on God's attributes. He is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and he abounds in endless love and faithfulness. Although others may try to harm us through manipulation, slander, or even lies and assault our character, God is our refuge and our strength. He is our rock and our fortress, a very present help in trouble. When we offer up praise to God and tell Him in our prayers that we're thankful, this attitude chokes out demonic spirits. It's like a room without oxygen for them. So keep on praising, praise, prayer, and the Word of God keep the enemy away. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 teaches us, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. What we put into our minds greatly affects what occupies our minds and then comes out of our hearts. So friends, today my prayer for us all is from Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. We have been rescued from the domain and the power of darkness and brought into God's kingdom. Our lives are rooted in faith in Jesus and overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done for us. And friends, I would ask you, if you have not accepted Jesus' saving salvation, wouldn't now make a good time? The measure of our days is unknown. We don't know what's around the corner for us. Yes, while I gave us life expectancy in the beginning of this talk, we don't know if we're going to make it to that life expectancy or not. So if you haven't placed your trust in Jesus, I would challenge you to take a bold step of courage now and place your faith into action and place it into the object that is the correct action to be placing it onto. And just simply repeat after me, Jesus, I repent of my sins, meaning that I'm changing my ways of thinking. You took my past, my present, and my future sin at Calvary. We had a divine exchange. You took my sin and you gave me eternal life. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm inviting you, Jesus, to come in and take up permanent residence within my heart. And by that, I announce that I am a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, we pray all of that. Amen. Friends, if you just said that prayer after me, congratulations and God bless you. Thanks be to God and everyone have a peace-filled day and I look forward to the next time we get together. God bless you.